Hi, and welcome to episode 41 of season two of the Connect2 podcast. I am and still remain Jeff Cullen. And I am Mark Hughes. Mark. How are you? Man, I'm great. It's springtime, sort of. Well, like, it's certainly a lot warmer. Yeah. Oh so, you know, minus five, minus two, in and around there. Took For care. us, it's really balmy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If you're listening to this uh, somewhere in the southern hemisphere, you probably think, well, that sounds absolutely horrible. But compared to minus 20 or minus 30, it is absolutely wonderful. So. Excellent. Uh, so if you're new to the channel, rate, review, and subscribe. I noticed a lot of people have been downloading lately. It's been awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're we're over 2,000 downloads. downloads. Yeah. All right. Day job, day's number. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I love my new day job, so... Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to quit. So we have coffee today. It is from Social Coffee out of uh, oh, man. Vancouver. That's it nice. is from Hehetenago, Guatemala. It is Flor del, del Cafe, Flor del Cafe, which I think means flower of mm -hmm. coffee. So uh, it's supposed to have tasty notes of milk, chocolate, caramel, and cherry. Very nice. That is, and that was with Let softened me. water. Yes. Okay. Uh, do we have, have any softened water? Absolutely. Any dad jokes? Oh yeah. Hang on. I was just looking at one. Uh, just looking at one. Wait. What the hell have I done? <laughs> it's asking me to sign up for like a dad joke of the day. No thanks. Uh, did you hear the rumor about butter? <laughs> well, I'm not going to spread it. Oh my god. Um what are the fourth most important elements in dad jokes? Uh it must be stupid. No, there's sulfur S, argon, which is A R, calcium, which is C A, and samarium, which is S M, which is sarcasm. Sarcasm. I like it. See that's a that's a smart dad joke. Uh, what do you call somebody with no body and no nose? I don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> uh, why did the chicken cross the road? Well, that's a classic. Because the wolf was on the other side. No, to get to the idiot's house. Knock, knock. Who's there? The chicken! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Um there's supposed to be a new time travel movie coming out next year. It was pretty good. <laughs> I asked my dog what's two minus two. He said nothing. <laughs> All right, one more. Okay, I got one more too. Okay. Go for it. I can't take my dog to the park anymore. Why not? The ducks keep biting him. <laughs> I should have known that was gonna happen. He's a he's purebred. <laughs> How do you get a squirrel to like you? I don't know. You act like a nut. <laughs> oh my god! All right, but boom, boom. Yeah, there's a. Remember that old adage: if you're feeling sad and lonely, and you're feeling blue, just remember that the mighty oak was once a nut like you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a limerick. Is that, that, is that, is that a, a limerick? That's not even a limerick. I don't think. No, I don't think it's a limerick. I don't know what you'd call that. Yeah. Okay. What okay. did you learn this week? 
Well, I learned some practical stuff. Uh, first of all, I learned that there's a really great dog park uh, at Grand Trunk. If you're in Edmonton, over on the sort of the north side, north, what would that be? North, uh, north central probably. Because um, every, every time we take the kids to their music lessons, I take the dog to this little dog park that is uh, just a strip as part of a bigger park. So it's kind of it's kind of lame. It's like maybe a quarter of a kilometer long, and, mm-hmm. and it's only theoretically about 20 meters wide just right in the middle of this urban. So I was tired of that. So I did a search. I found this Grand Trunk Park. It is massive. It is the biggest dog park I've ever seen. But it's weird because it's just a big open rectangular space. Like um, the one at Buena Vista, you know, there's trees. And this is just a great big, massive open rectangle uh, dog park. But it was great. Like there was lots of dogs. And, and then I got a whole fence off area, I think, for little dogs or shy dogs. And then the massive open area. So, yeah, I found a new dog park. And then last night, my younger son and I went to a free uh, drum workshop by uh, at Long and McQuaid. Oh, yeah. Not a sponsor. On uh, economies of motion in drumming. So I'm really getting back into... Uh, starting to get back into drumming again. I mean, I've never really stopped, but I haven't played for a while and, and rudiments and fundamentals. And so that was a lot of fun. There's about 40 people there, mm-hmm. free, free workshop, a lot of kids. And um, so I, I picked up some, uh, some, some pointers on just simple stick technique and yeah, good. So yeah, practical stuff this time. I'm very interested in this uh, grand trunk. Grand trunk. Yeah. I'll look it up. Sounds pretty good. Um, what did I learn? I learned two things. One is in, uh, did you know in Iceland, they're the only place on the planet that doesn't have ants? <laughs> no, I did not know no that. No ants and no mosquitoes, apparently. Really? Yeah. Is there a correlation between those two things, do you think? No. Okay. They're just, uh, it's, I mean, because it's isolated. I mean, it's actually the interface between two tectonic plates. They have 130 volcanoes, of which 30 are considered active. Interesting. Now, it's all volcanic rock, right? It's all volcanic. So probably there's no place for ants to burrow. But It's like the Asian, the Eurasian plate meets the American. What's their agricultural situation like? Do they actually have topsoil? Yeah, because, uh, and they have all kinds of stuff they uh, they grow quite a bit of food um they have unlimited power so they have um right because the geothermal geothermal powered uh, greenhouses um Ah. uh, so uh and they also have um because it's on the jet at the gulf stream it's relatively it's not super crazy cold Mm -hmm. so in the summer they i mean they have there's more sheep on the island than there is people hmm so, which apparently is common. Apparently, that's the same in parts of Scotland, Wales, Wales, and New Zealand, where the population is outnumbered by sheep. <laughs> I don't know if that's saying something about the population or about the sheep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing I learned is so. I mean, I'm a, I'm a photographer and. Uh, a big part of being a photographer is kind of, um, you know, understanding your gear, right? Uh, figuring out how to use it, figuring out what makes the most sense for you, sure. all that kind of stuff. Buying more. 
<laughs> buying more. Yes, I, that is also a frequent. Uh, maybe this news is going to be good for mine, preventing me from buying more. But okay, the, uh, I don't think so. But the. Uh, <laughs> But basically, so um, there's this website, and it's been around for 25 years. It started okay. in England. It's called DP Review. Started in 98. It's called okay. uh, Digital Photography Review. And it's kind of like the Wikipedia of digital photography. Okay. So if you want to know anything about any camera, any lens, and they do detailed tests and reviews... And you can get all the specs and you can get timelines for when lenses were released or, oh, yeah. or cameras were released as well as there's all kinds of forums and photography challenges and all that stuff. It's called DP Review. Okay. Anyway, it's closing down in a month. <gasps> what? April 10th will be its last day. It is part of the 9,000 jobs that have been terminated by uh, AWS, Amazon Web Services. So oh my DP Review was purchased in 2007 Thanks. by uh, Amazon and right. has been, by all intents, reasonably successful. And um, they, uh, um, in this last round, it's like this message from the CEO. It's super, and it's very generic. It doesn't talk specifically about DP Review, but basically they're shuttering it. So on April 10th, um, the website will be locked and then it will eventually completely disappear. And the problem is it is like this huge resource with so much information that, uh, like it's shocking that they wouldn't even keep it like just frozen. Like a static like resource. Like a static resource. Like it's shocking how much information is in there. It is the number one spot for so photography. That is such a fascinating thing, right? It's like the So Google did did a version of this. So there was this software company called Nick, N-I-K. Okay. And it made these great plugins that were absolutely fantastic, yep. as well as a mobile app called Snapseed. Okay. And um, this is sorry, photography related. This still? is totally photography okay. related. And um, Google bought the company. Mm -hmm. Their main their main purpose was to get a hold of Snapseed, the mobile app, because it's considered and it still is one of the best mobile editing apps. Okay. So if you have a if you have a, a smartphone, whether it's a Google phone or a, a iPhone or whatever, it doesn't matter. Snapseed works fantastic. Okay. And they were only really interested in that. So the thing is, is that that was just the mobile version. There was all these um, computer-based versions that worked really good with Photoshop. And okay. So uh, Snapseed is free. So Google provides Snapseed free. And then they went, so uh, Nick, though, charged for all their apps. Okay. And Google paid a fair bit for the Nick. Yep. So, uh, as soon as it becomes uh, Nick... Um, Google says you can download it free. You can have it for free. And then they kind of slow walk the development of the product. So it started getting a little bit slightly buggy and yeah, of course. not super great. Now it's free. It's free, but it's free. And then they decided, well, we can't make any money at this. So let's deprecate it and we're going to terminate it and end it. And you're going like, holy crap, this is a really useful, incredibly Right. And people were paying for it before Google bought it. Yeah. And in the end, there's this company called DX, DxO, which is another photography-based. It's like it's out of somewhere in Europe. Um, and they bought 
the Nick collection from Google. Okay. It's some sort of fire sale price. Right. And uh, and now they charge for it again. <laughs> At least it's still And around. it's doing, it's by all intents, for all intents and purposes, seems to be doing great. But, but Google just, rather than try and recognize the value in what they had. Yeah, they don't it was just like, it's just, they don't give they a don't shit. Care. In accounting, this is a line item that yeah. we don't need. You know, two things come to mind. Number one, I wonder if at some point these kind of assets will become like there'll be legislation in place. It's like if suddenly the power company decided, yeah, you know what? Electricity, we're done with that. We don't do electricity anymore. You know, people well, exactly. will be like, you can't do that. It becomes it's costing it's us too much to generate too much to generate power. Right. So there's no there's no way. Yeah, you know, it's a fundamental part of, of modern day life. As we become more dependent on some of these um, tools, I wonder if eventually that'll evolve. And then the other thought I had is it'd be interesting if someone did a sociological study on, you know, because we're all feeling much more stressed and harried and, you know, modern life. I wonder if that contributes the fact that if I think now to the number of tools that I've used over the years, tried, and some of them were not so good. Some of them I really enjoyed. And then one day just went, you know, that's it. Poof. It's been bought out. Right. There's a thing called Bento years ago. Oh yeah. Was, you were sent, you were mentioning. Yeah, it was a free, free app and you could pay for it too, but you had the, and you, it was sort of like a, a cheap level CRM where you could in, integrate everything on your iPad, you know, files and projects. And I was using it quite actively. And then one day it just like stopped working and then, then it disappeared. Like it went bye-bye. And it's really? Like, yeah. And I looked into it and I found out it was bought by a company that wanted, kind of like you're saying, there's one kernel of the design that, oh, we want to use this. The rest of it, we don't care about. And, I, you know, how many people wound up wasting all that time mm -hmm. uh, putting all those records in and then your records disappear. So well, exactly. it's got to be creating some level of additional anxiety where like, yeah. imagine if Netflix disappeared like tomorrow, they went out of business. People would lose their shit. Be like, what the? Yeah. Well, this is. I was a, right in the middle of watching that series. Wow, never mind. Anyway, I, I thought I would uh, yeah. talk briefly about that, and uh, yeah, it's not the topic for our. Well, episode. thank goodness AI will take care of all these problems. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, you wanted to tell me some new things about AI? Yes. Am I wrong? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, so today's topic is we're going to talk about specifically about. OMG, what the hell is going on with AI? Okay. Because I think I saw a post from your wife. Oh, it's it's way worse. Okay. Like there's so there's uh there's uh so there is a mad rush to get AI out. Sure. So it started with all this chat GPT. AI has been right. simmering in the background. Yep. These large language models. And when Chat GPT 3.5 came out, we've we've already talked about this, but there's more news. Okay. Didn't 4.0 just come out? Yes. Yes. Okay. So Chat GPT 3.5, it got uh, tricked. Uh, 3.5 got tricked. There was a darker side, and it uh, did all kinds of uh, crazy stuff. Right. Um, oh, this is that reporter that was on it for like 20 hours and then. Yeah. And he got it to, to admit that its name is really Sydney and it didn't like the limits it had and really wanted, <laughs> you know, maybe we'd kill somebody. I, I, it was just crazy. Anyway. So, uh, since then, <laughs> That's a great name. Uh, open AI has released version four. 
Now, version four, unlike ChatGPT version 3.5, is uh, a pay per use thing. So you pay 20 bucks to uh to per use per month okay to get access to it but it does so much more is incredibly advanced compared to the 3.5 version wow and um allows you to generate images you get access to dolly you get uh, there's all kinds of stuff that it does for that fee but it's now now it's pay per play sure so um still that's not a huge amount of money for if you're using it for like a corporate and you're getting value out of it no 240 bucks is nothing right? but there's a couple of cool things that uh, or uncool things so um facebook has its own of course and what what the whole thing that has become really apparent is is that a lot of times they're putting guardrails in response to um things that they find go wrong okay instead of fundamentally building an ai with these are the rules that you need to operate within first and then and then going from there they're letting it kind of run wild and then trying to restrict it so like there's two just like in every dystopian movie about supercomputers the thing always gets mad when it tries to impose limits on it right exactly exactly it's too late jim i'm out of the box (laughs) exactly so you can't kill people so that is a perfect uh (laughs) explanation of what happened to facebook okay so Mm -hmm. so what what what's become really uh apparent is a lot of these tech bros and these tech tech focused guys saying, right. wouldn't it be cool the worst if, people to have in charge of something dangerous wouldn't it be cool if okay <laughs> uh, so they go like well chat gpt you need a mainframe and I was, what if we could make it so the ai could work on your computer right oh. or a local computer rather than like on our central server just resident on one or is it one of these distributed networks where it's using well, everybody's it, it, computer. So it's not using a and... PC, but it is using like a server grade computer, but okay. it, it will, you can run the AI on a server grade wow. computer for Facebook. So uh, they're going like, wouldn't this be cool? <laughs> then, <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if we so, could store nuclear waste in everybody's basement? Yeah, that would exactly. be cool. Exactly. <laughs> You'd have a small problem instead of a really big problem. <laughs> So, uh, so, uh, the Facebook's one is called Llama LL let's large language, something model. Okay. Like great Llama. And so that's exactly what they did. They built one that was designed so that it could, you know, and there's different sizes, just like four different sizes, depending upon the, the number of processing units you need to operate and all this stuff. Uh, and they, they did by invitation. So you had to apply and justify your, so it is open source. Okay. That means you can go in, you can edit and change it. Right. That's the, that's the whole idea. It went to, uh, to an application thing. And then lo and behold, it shows up on 4chan and is able to be downloaded by all kinds of people and is in the wild. What does this mean? Well, now you have an AI that can be downloaded and run on somebody's local server and you can edit it. So what does that mean? Well, you're going to have all kinds of crazy shit happening 
where you're going to get people talking to you as if they're your dead aunt or like, right. Like the, you know, people are very good at finding ways to criminalize technology. Absolutely. What were they thinking? Wonderful. Why did they not realize this was a natural consequence of what they were doing? Like it just. Well, Scott Galloway talks about this, not this particular topic, but he was just saying how, what is he, what did he say last week? That the the one brand that's gotten worse, like less trusted than Elon Musk is Silicon Valley. And like the whole SVB thing or, or the MBS, was it MBS? No. Um, that's the guy in Saudi Arabia. Who was the, uh, the exchange that went down? Oh, FTX. FTS. Yeah. You know, you have these insular people who, I don't want to sound like a bit of a, a bigot here, but I think fairly narrow demographic profile. Yeah, yeah. Right? Amongst different categories, gender and probably uh, ethnicity, and who are, I presume, a lot of them coming from reasonably wealthy backgrounds, maybe not all of them. But they just seem to be detached from, you know, it's like, did, yeah, like, I don't know if where you put the blame, you know, uh, in terms of education system, like STEM education is, is fantastic. But, you know, a lot of that in the ancient times, ancient times, in the 18th century. And oh, I thought you, you were going to say 20 years ago. No, no. Well, even beyond that. But scientists used to, I think, often come from a, a classical education, right? People would be learning philosophy history right a broader context and then you would then become a mathematician or a scientist or, or whatever but you had that broader context i think we've gotten really away from that there's people who are brilliant technical you know uh computer people and yet probably have never really had too much exposure to other things. the humanities or the things that would have created that counterbalance if for no other reason that things are so cyclical right like some of these old stories that are that appear stupid on the surface like uh, what is it the uh the ant uh the ant and the the grasshopper right yeah, yeah. i mean so how old is that fable it's thousands at least centuries exactly. right or uh, the golden goose right this yeah, idea yeah. of and i think if you don't have access to that broader societal thinking you probably don't even occur to you, right? Like you say, what were they thinking? They probably were not even thinking that this was a possibility, right? They're probably just totally taken by well, surprise. It, it took, it took a like, week for this to oh, happen. So yeah, well, that's the thing, right? It got, um, <laughs> they started fielding requests. And on March 3rd, a downloadable torrent on the system was posted on 4chan. And oh, it's man. since spread across 4chan. various AI communities. Right there, that tells you we're in trouble. Well, so the idea is there's, there's two philosophies about uh, AI. There is what's called the closed model and then the open model. Right. Okay. So the closed model is don't let anybody see what's going on under the hood so we can control it, make sure that has guardrails, blah, 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 blah. And the open says, let's make it all open source so everybody can see what's going on. And and the problem is uh, that that these two camps, they don't really get along. They both think that you really need proper controls and proper 
right. part of the issue is suppose you ask an AI something, right? You ask an AI and it comes up with some wacky crap. It tells you, right? Like, uh, you know, Everest is underwater or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, uh, there is no way for that specific instance to determine why the AI said that. Right. There's sure. no, there's no, so not only is like, you can't really like it. There, there are ways to check to see if the answers are valid, right? But there's no way to figure out why the AI to trace the to logic, trace the back. logic that the sure. AI used to come up with that result. Can't you just ask it? Well, and it's just so, uh, well, that, that would be a Star Trek computer thing. So, so where did you come up with that idea? Then maybe it could tell you. Well, allow me to explain the logic. Yeah, exactly. Right? So it's... Um... So so they're trying to... I know they are trying to, to teach. It's somewhat like a child, I guess, but a really frightening child where you're... If it does get the answer wrong, and I know that... Oh, I can't remember one of them. I think it was the chat GPT. They're talking about how there's thousands of of people who are basically eight hours a day or more just reviewing answers and mm -hmm. score ranking them right like if the answer is nonsense you get a very low ranking and trying to basically teach the machine by repetition so almost like you teach a, a person um but same thing i i what i'm hearing you say is that's the best that we can do is dissuade it from what's wrong yeah, without think, being able to understand well i think that how it reached that conclusion and i think the right? problem is is that Wow. Your perception of how AI kind of is what it was a couple of years ago. So right. it has so, so part of it is that what's happening is the AI is teaching the AI itself, right? Yes. And so it's, uh, so they've. So it's the it's, age it's, of it's, Ultron is basically it, what's absolutely. happening. Absolutely. It's, it's, <laughs> which. Except instead of being modeled off of uh, uh, Tony Stark's engrams, it'll probably be Elon's. Yeah. So it's uh there are no strings on me. Ah, it'll use that guy's voice. So so llama llama right now will do very little for the average internet user. It's not ready to talk chatbot. Chatbot, but it is a raw AI system with a that requires a decent amount of technical expertise to get up and running. However, it is and it's not a single model. I think I said there were four models of different right. size. Um but anybody familiar with setting up servers and development environments for complex projects could, should be able to get it operational um, given enough time. I mean, this is, this is the full deal deal. Wow. And uh, like, is it, are they saying it's general, general artificial intelligence or is, it's still a language model, right? It is a large, they don't expect model. it to have consciousness at, at any point. Although Christ, who knows, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be quite something. So wh where, where it's so, going to be, you're going to get personalized, spam personalized phishing attacks oh, all this this is yeah well that's what i've heard right and and then with with deep fake technology you'll be zooming with your aunt thinking you are and it's not it's just well you know and it's funny because because it's i, I do think so screwed i've been uh, you know i've been uh listening to the audiobook for the expanse which is so accurate on so many levels but it uh it has diminishes the ai component like it's it's not a big part of like if you think about so some so if a character dies or whatever 
you can fake them now, right? Yeah. Like you, you, that's where it's going to be. Like in yeah. ten, and and they say that everybody has this science fiction stuff where they project like a hundred years in the future. No, no, it's, gonna it's be, much. Sooner. It's like yeah. five. So maybe maybe the reason some of this good sci-fi, like Star Trek, the same way is, uh, you know, maybe we experiment with this, and it's the thing that just about takes us to the brink. And then it becomes illegal. So in Star Trek, like in Picard, right, the beginning, the um, the synths were basically outlawed. Because, well, same in Dune. Right? Dune. Dune computers were outlawed. Right, because they just get out of control. Something just occurred to me. This, again, and again, hey, look, I'm a business guy. I, I have often argued that I love capitalism. Capitalism with guardrails, though, right? Imagine when they were developing nuclear technology, and I'm talking about like nuclear weapons, right? Like who did that? It was the it was the U.S. government, presumably in Germany they were working, but it was always the government, right? Um, imagine if Facebook and Google and places like that had been around, and they were the ones that were leading on the forefront of of nuclear weaponry. We probably wouldn't be here because <laughs> the government, of course, not that I'm, you know, it's got its foibles, but an ability to control things to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this is unfettered capitalism. And this is a perfect example of, of people who, you know, it's not like a, a Tetris or some stupid game. Oh, we let it get away. This is like potentially well, I world think, changing stuff. I think it, I don't think it's potential. I think <laughs> you know, it is world changing. Well, it's world changing stuff. And, and I think you're, you're right. But I think going one step further is that, um, so, Automation significantly changed the industrial revolution. It right. basically made anybody that was doing repetitive tasks, their jobs could be eliminated. Right. Although there's still a lot of those crappy jobs around. Well, Not as many, but... But they're crappy jobs installing the automation. Right. Yeah. Servicing true. the automation. Right. I mean, right now in Alberta, uh, a lot of the oil and gas jobs are not coming back because a lot of them are automated yep right it's absolutely. all if you go to one of these plants a lot of it's automated it's people yeah. basically maintaining well even out on the on in the field you know automated uh um uh self-driving vehicles yep. you know within uh, a grid yeah uh, totally makes sense right absolutely that's an easy fix yeah so uh, farming you, right if you There's think some, if you yeah. think about the next logical step associated with um the next logical step associated with with um ai okay so uh automation eliminated repetitive menial jobs yep okay what ai will do is because it has the ability to draw on all this knowledge from other places so it will eliminate the smart jobs yeah so these are the so it will eliminate the jobs that you know, normally you would get somebody who's very familiar with their field and they would go research something and come back. So doctors. Right. Accountants. Oh, for sure. Accountants. Solicitors. At least in, in a, not entirely. Oh, sure. It could. Uh, it, it sure could. You there, think? There, for accountants, it's all rules and all input so you scan your receipt oh no no listen i i know so that that is uh, i've been talking to some accounts about this so the idea is that in the accounting profession really the only remaining high value part will be 
to become like strategic advisors, right? Right. So that is so so that's that last where, where is the part that AI can't do? It can't really so you think about it in med well, as medicine. As far as we know, it can't. But, but in medicine, no, no. Right. But in medicine, yeah. Who are the people whose jobs are safe? The nurses, right? The the people servicing, yeah. Uh, like the cleaners and the yeah. so, delivery I mean, surgeons people. Surgeons could be replaced right. with. But, well, not uh, surgeons so much, but the well, doctors giving the and like like interpreting. Is this that or is this that? Yeah, I remember like, reading about that. So like a, a really... at one point, I remember reading it. There's a million, it's probably more now, but there was a million medical papers were being published every year. Yeah. And so if you were a specialist, let's say 10% of that, let's say 5%, right? Um, there's no human can stay Abreast. up to date. Yeah. Whereas the AI... There's no problem. Um, now, I... Watson that won was it on Jeopardy? Uh, IBM basically is using that as a as a, a prescriptive or a um, uh, like an assistant to diagnostic. Right. The human is supposed to still be involved, but basically you input a bunch of these symptoms, it goes out, and then it was. And again, you're right. This is like several years ago, so who knows what the hell it is now? But it was coming back, and it would give the the doctor a probabilistic model. You know, based on the symptoms and having reviewed all of the literature that's available, you know, there's a 98% probability that it might be this. There's a lower boom, 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 boom. And then the thing is that it could pick out some obscure thing that maybe a human would have like, I never heard of that, right? But of course, Watson or whatever the hell they call it, it's heard of it, right? Exactly. And then at least you could eliminate and say, well, it was 98%, but 2% might be, right? So, but it was the intention was it wouldn't necessarily be making the decision at the end of the day. Well, I know, right? but you're probably, it's probably not that far away from being able. So with AI, you're basically giving over that decision-making process to them. Yeah. So what, am, uh, what have I got? Judges? Um, no. So I think the people-based stuff, I think the things where you actually have to deal with people in terms of, in terms of, uh, negotiation, discussion, <laughs> except, except how long before the AI gets down. frustrated and decides people are not required anymore. I, I got to kill all these people because I, that's that last thing I can't get a handle on. That's right? Ultron. That's totally Ultron. Yeah. But so I guess, uh, what I'm or, getting uh, at is or, uh, Agent Smith. I think that within the next You're 10 years, cancer. Within the next 10 years, you're going to have this major fundamental change in um, because AI is the thing about AI is it's like a tsunami that's coming through. And we're only just seeing the oh, receding of the, of the water. And you go like, oh, my God, what's going like, on? Yeah. What is going on? There's something going on. But the worst, it seems like we have let this be driven by a bunch of tech bros yeah which is just nuts well i mean the whole thing happened this cryptocurrency right yeah. again brilliant technological idea blockchain all of that put forward by some of the worst people worst people let me be clear in, in how i define it perhaps immature uh narrow vision right insular and in a lot of them just so, so did i talk to you about yeah. did i Talked about this one, what's it called? One, one chain or one, one note. It's a so it's a form of digital currency. Okay, it's you mentioned crypto. this. Is this the one that you had? Uh, you had to have a, some kind of machine 
they were going to mail to you? No, no, no. So this is, so, so this, so, uh, it, there's this woman, she's from, from East, some Eastern European country. And she basically started, she had this idea for creating a digital cryptocurrency okay right a cryptocurrency and she's got all the marketing material all this stuff it was going to be block based on blockchain and it sounds like initially she was actually you know started the process of doing the blockchain right but then she started selling it before she had the blockchain in place oops okay and she realized i don't really need the blockchain and i could just fake it and it's like a bernie Madoff, uh, Madoff oh, thing okay. it's a pure classic ponzi scheme nice. so people were buying and there was no there's no crypto there was no actual exchange it was all like on spreadsheets and it's all <laughs> fake right see an ai would never have fallen for that here's the catch <laughs> you can still buy it <laughs> like course. everybody knows she has been like uh, she disappeared with a whole bunch of the money of the money she has see you later uh, suckers she has uh she has um like it's been proven that it was faked it has been in the media it, they stopped regular transactions but you can still there are places you can still buy it and people are trying to trade it even though it is not real it's not like a bitcoin that actually right. has some technology behind it there is no technology there was it was a pure pure ponzi scheme wow. and people are still buying and selling of it of course they are because, because why not wow well, yeah man so, so here's here's what so, i can see Two hundred years from now the last people on earth are the north senegalese who finally <laughs> leave their island and they're like, what the hell happened here? <laughs> yeah, there's, we finally right. got the technology to go to, get on a boat. Yeah, well, I think they come, have boats. They might yeah, they don't go very food, far. Yeah. No, no, because they're probably smarter than the rest of us. Like, well, they, Look, we got all our... You kill anybody uh, that tries to get on the That's right. Yeah, wouldn't you? Just wait till they find out about Facebook. <laughs> Enough with your Bible. You got Facebook? No, we're definitely killing this bastard. <laughs> crazy exactly well there you go so we're all kind of so your wife is quite right in her post we're all doomed well it's uh we're doomed in some respect but who knows maybe actually the ai will fix the problems and they'll just you know maybe we'll get to that point where we become a curated civilization and the computers <laughs> people are, like the, like the in computers star will, trek the computers will curate the people yeah well how many episodes of, of classic tos there's at least a couple where they go to some planet uh, what the hell was it? There was that the one. The one with the fake war? Please go there to There was your... that one, but there was also the one where everybody was carrying around these these shock sticks. They were all dressed like it was the 19th century. I can't remember the name. Klaatu or whatever. And then like the bell would ring, bong, and everybody would go bananas. And there's the central computer keeping everybody safe. And then there was another one with the... Uh... Well, there was the one with the war where they basically... Yeah, they that's right. Rather than actually have a war, which was expensive... Yeah, it was, it was calculating. It was you had to calculate... to a disintegration center. Yeah, yeah, so you basically... Oh, you were one of the yeah. people that were killed in our computer simulation. But there was war. another one too where the computer so looked like a, a big uh, uh, dragon. And this is the one where everybody was blonde. The guy's name was... He was Kirk's friend, Tyree. Anyway, same thing. Computer goes nuts, right? And I mean, we're almost there. Well, and that and was people done. In, will, that was done in the '60s before they had real computers. Willingly, or unwillingly, unwittingly, submit to this. They yeah. will, right? 
Yeah. Somebody actually had said that about someday a, a self-driving car is going to show up at your house. Your computer is going to tell you, get in. It's going to take you. You won't even know where you're going. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's time for your vasectomy. And you're like, what? <laughs> okay. You or do. Right? Yeah. Bzz, bzz, drive you back home. Oh, they're, they're not even going to say that. It's time for your doctor's appointment. Yeah. Can we stop for ice cream? And then you the go to the like, doctor's uh, and then you come and you go like, what happened to my ball? Yeah. Your blood sugar is <laughs> a little high. So, no, we're not stopping for ice cream. We can get you a broccoli stick. Oh, great. <laughs> Living the dream. Living the dream. Anyway. Okay, well, that's enough uh, frightening AI stuff. But thanks for, yeah, wow. There you go. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. What did you learn or what have you been consuming media-wise? Well, you still can. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say we're using The algorithm on Netflix. Here, I've been watch watch, this. watching The Mandalorian. Yes. Wow. Are you caught up? No, I think we've only watched the first two. Oh, wow. Yeah. The... Yeah. I like that Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan is very interesting. She is awesome. Yeah. Um, the third episode is... His name is Very Bo-Katan. weird. Um, yeah, it's kind of like... It's bringing somebody back from... No, yeah, sort of. So you, yeah. I, I'm not going to give no, away... No, no, no. I'm going to give away a, an aspect of the episode so you can pay attention to it and see if you notice the same thing. Okay. So so each episode is about an hour. Yes. Okay? So I think the second episode, when they did it, was longer than an hour. Because there's kind of like the end of the second episode. Is it the beginning or an end there's part of the second episode that is in the third episode like just a repeat of the whole episode no or just there's just more there's more at the beginning okay okay and okay. it's it it, it, uh, it is and it isn't tied to this it's more related to the second episode okay than the third episode. so it's almost okay. like a, a break is it like this portion and it's only a little portion it's maybe five yeah. or ten minutes. well the whole thing's like a 12 hour movie. Yes. And that is how they cut it up. Right? Exactly. That's so I'm thinking, editing I'm thinking they cut it at a spot yeah. that kind of half works, half doesn't work. Okay. Cause it would have worked as part of episode two. Still good. All right. Well, we'll and, have to uh, take a look. Yeah. especially if you liked episode two, then I did. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then it goes into this totally different story. Like yeah, there's this totally different story. And then at the end, it kind of comes back. So very uh, interesting. So there's, it's kind of like they had this story that they wanted to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's cl- clearly a setup for something coming down the road. Of course. Uh, but uh, it's shorter than an hour. Okay. <laughs> and then I think episode two was longer than an hour. Ah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. they stuck parts right. in to fill it up. So. I'll have to take a look. But I am enjoying it. Yeah, I yeah. totally. Uh, and yeah. man, I, I love now it. I keep wondering, is that actually Pedro Pascal? Because you told me that often they're using a body double, which makes sense because the helmet. For, right? for, yeah. Well, there's two body doubles. Apparently. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's a great, uh, great show. What else are you consuming? Anything new? Uh, well, I tried. Uh, I tried watching The Reluctant Traveler with Eugene Levy. Oh, I saw the like I've seen that pop up. Is it good? No. No. <laughs> a miss for Eugene. Oh, it's it's terrible. So oh boy, it's terrible. So. Uh, like so it this the the premise is that eugene is 75 years old he doesn't really like to travel but people have said that uh, you know the world is like a book right and if i thought the world was your oyster 
So the analogy that they provide right. at the, the world is of this, your book. Your world, the world is like a book. Okay. And if you don't travel, you're only reading the first page. All okay. Right. So he's decided he's going to try and consume some more pages, even though he's a guy who's likes being comfortable. <laughs> he doesn't like being too cold. Doesn't like being too hot. So, so, so this is the premise is that he doesn't really like to travel, but right. he wants to travel. Is, to this, see them. is he Did playing he, a character or is this actually like, I, I think this like is a, a quasi documentary. I think this is a quasi documentary where okay. he's put into uncomfortable circumstances and then for the see, amusement of other people, for the amusement of other That's people. Great. So here's the catch. What you really have is somebody who is going to some very cool places to see cool things and complaining and complaining. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a certain ethnicity that that I think is at play here. Well, and he's uh, got that they may be playing up, you know, but yeah, maybe. But he's just like, well, that in a certain demographic in terms of age, because I remember my parents had friends who went traveling and all they did was complain about they couldn't get the <laughs> toast and what about this and where's my cornflakes and it's like shut the hell up. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I will avoid that one. So I mean, the first one he goes, he goes fairly far north in Finland. Okay. To Lapland, and uh, it's just kind of like, I don't like it. It's too cold. Oh, and I'm yeah, going, there you go. That's the whole show. The, the whole show so far <laughs> is is about him complaining about. Shut stuff. up, Eugene. He goes, and he goes like, and they've got like an exotic food, right? They're they're right. So people are putting trying, in an effort here. Oh yeah, and they're, I mean, it, and it's good stuff. Is this the best you got. So they're preparing this uh yeah. um delicacy which is uh reindeer okay and he's just like i don't like trying new foods oh, <laughs> i'm going like really and, and so he tries it and he goes this is really good is this a canadian production so he really liked oh it, it's got no, it's got high but you you know how you watch when no I'm not talking about the quality of it but it sounds like a CBC thing where no like, I don't think it's CBC no, this is Apple we got Plus. a guy I mean I love CBC for certain things phenomenal but for TV sh sitcoms it's always been like really really yes yeah. this, this is what we came up with exactly. holy man okay well I'm gonna avoid it I have been consuming um I have a story about a book that I just started but. The other thing I'm consuming, I'm just going back and rewatching Enterprise. I shouldn't even say rewatching because when Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise was out. Which one? The one with uh, Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula. And, and I watched certain seasons, but I missed a lot of it. So much like DS9, where I went back and rewatched all of it. I'm watching Enterprise, uh, you know, amongst other things. But I have a book that I started, and this is a fun story. So on the weekend, I went to uh, Southgate Mall looking for something which i didn't find but i popped into indigo and it was i heard a voice that said hello and i turned around and there was a gentleman was an ai no <laughs> there's a gentleman sitting there spitting image of markiplier but maybe a little bit older so markiplier the famous youtuber who my kids love right okay. and my first thought was oh my god is this markiplier how cool would that be if it is because i get a picture with him and tell my kid to suck it <laughs> because you know anyhow but I was thinking it's probably not, but he looks just like him, but he wasn't. It's a guy named Terry Fong, who is a farmer, a uh, chicken farmer here in Alberta. It doesn't, I don't know exactly where, but he wrote a book about his dog. You're a dog guy, right? Yeah. yeah. So he told me the whole story. I'm like, well, what's the book about? So the book's called Princeton lives and it's about a dog that he had adopted from puppyhood. And when the dog was 12, some kind of mix 
collie and it was a farm dog, right? When the dog was 12, he was diagnosed with bone cancer. Oh, wow. The same bone cancer that Terry Fox had, but you know, the, the canine version, right? And he was presented with, if you do nothing, the dog will be dead in like three weeks or you, we could do surgery and you know, the whole treatment and it might live for a year or 14 months. So he decided to go ahead and, and treat the dog. Right. And then the dog had surgery. I think one of its legs was amputated and radiation and chemo and the whole nine yards. So the dog recovered and went into remission. And then he decided that he was going to do the dog's bucket list. The dog likes traveling. Right. And so the book is about, they went all over Western Canada all over BC, they went up to the Yukon, oh, to, wow. to Alaska, and they had a they had a uh, uh, an RV that they bought. And the book is just about him traveling with this dog and how this dog was so. Apparently, there's been documentaries. The dog was has been uh, um, uh, was highlighted in several dog related magazines. Oh wow! And so he decided, and he said he wrote the book kind of for himself. Um, but his publisher was like, you gotta, you gotta publish this thing. So I, I had to buy it. I, I just started it, but it's great. And the dog lived till it was 18. Oh, so it wow. lived six more years. So it holds the record. It's the longest surviving uh, canine cancer survivor in the world. Oh, wow. Right? That it lived that much longer. And like you said, it finally died, but cancer didn't kill it. They could die of old age. Right. <laughs> and so uh, I thought, well, this is, such a great story. I got to buy this book. So he autographed it and so I've just started it. But uh, yeah, it's a local guy, Terry Fong, F-O-N-G. And um, very cool. Yeah. Look it's it on Amazon. Okay. Uh, Princeton lives. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about to put my book on Amazon. So Ooh, my book, your, your dog photo, my dog photo book. It's great. Right. It, I have everything in, I've, I'm now an authorized Amazon seller. So I just have to finish my product page and it will go live Excellent. probably within the next week. So, And I'm about to sometime here in April be a, uh, an Amazon author. All right. Uh, well, just because I did this interview podcast and it's being incorporated in a book. In this book. The guy's got this shtick where he yeah. writes these little mini books with 10 or 12 interviews and he consolidates it. But you get credit as a, as an a partial author. author and then i'm going to get my own author page and nice you know so again it just helps with the um uh search engine and excellent yeah so that'll be cool excellent uh, well we should probably wrap, yeah, it, wrap up. it up and um Holy shit, i gotta go um have a great week you too man uh we'll do something special for our 100th episode because coming we're up there in six more episodes i think yeah yeah i'm gonna do the math there but yeah, yeah. and yeah. uh so that's 100 episodes including our first season yeah, that's right. right so yeah. yeah very exciting excellent maybe we'll have a party perhaps yeah, that's a good idea. all right man okay talk to you soon take care bye